You're listening to the Curated Exposure Podcast, where your hosts, Lauren and Danielle, talk all things wedding planning, from tips and tricks, vendor interviews, venues, photography and video, and of course, sharing on life and marriage. If you're a bride or groom planning your wedding, a creative entrepreneur, or just love a good time, this podcast's for you. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Curated Exposure. This is episode 21. I'm Lauren. And I'm Danielle. And on this episode, we are going to be diving in to the world of skincare and makeup and weddings and everything you need to know. And joining us is Carolyn Fluwelling of Carolyn F. Beauty. She has a studio and spa here in Oklahoma City. She does amazing work. And then on top of that, she is our featured makeup artist for our workshop that we are going to be hosting uh, next week. Yes, we're so excited to have her. And this episode is going to be chock full of tips and tricks, things that you could start doing even months before your wedding starts. And she just has some great advice. It was great value for us. I know it will be great yes. value for brides and just anybody, really. It's It, it was very, it was just very. a very thorough conversation. Very informative for sure. So you're going to want to stick around for this episode and listen to the entire thing. Hey everyone, we are here with Carolyn F. Beauty, um, a beautiful, gorgeous makeup artist here in Oklahoma City. We're so excited to get to talk to her about all things skincare and makeup on this episode, makeup trends, and just all that good stuff. So we're just going to jump right in and we have Carolyn. Hi, Carolyn. Hi. Thank you guys so much for having me. We are so excited to have you. I was telling, um, Laura and I were talking, like, this is our first time to have someone in the beauty world on Mm -hmm. here. I'm so excited to be that person. I watch your stories on Instagram. And by the way, you should follow her on Instagram because she does great stories, but all your like skincare and you're just like rubbing your lotions all over your face and your serums. And I'm like, Oh, I've got to give me some of that glowy stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Since COVID, I've definitely slowed down on that a little bit, which is funny because I have infinitely more time, but (laughs) I just like, it's at first thing in the morning, all I can kind of think about is like, well, I might as well film this if I'm going to do this. I was doing a bunch of lives during COVID and I, as I was doing my makeup in the morning. And there'd be like two people watching it. I really felt like I was getting ready with people. And it was just kind of nice because there was so much less human contact that I like felt like I was getting some sort of human contact. But weirdly, like I really enjoyed doing the Instagram stories. Sometimes I'm on Instagram more and then sometimes I like to take a huge long break and then I come back and I'm like, hello, (laughs) (laughs) have you missed me? No, just kidding. But please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the industry. So I started doing makeup 15 years ago. I was super young and just did it for fun and um, kind of started to progress in my artistry it was never what I wanted to do full time. I My passion was working in fashion. And that's it's really what I wanted to do is the goal that I had set out for myself. So that's what I studied in college. Um, I studied retail merchandising and product development at Florida State University and absolutely loved what I did and ended up moving to Maine to work for a large corporate retailer mm-hmm. out there. Loved it. It was like my dream job, but on the side... From the time that I was in college, I took 
my first ever bride and just started working a lot more with brides. And when I was in Maine, I worked a lot with brides on the weekends. I had the freedom in my job and it was just a nice, good creative outlet. And then I moved to Oklahoma a couple years after that. And the the laws are different here. I had to hold Mm -hmm. a license in order to freelance. And a couple years into living here, I was really just missing getting to work with with bridal clients um, because I, I so just kind of fell in love with weddings as a whole. So I quit my job. I went to aesthetic school full time and just fell in love with being a facialist. So when I graduated school, I opened up a small little one room uh, private studio and I do facials there full time and I do bridal makeup on a relatively full-time basis now as I'm still growing that piece of my business. But it's like been a super fun transition and really cool. And I love what I do. And it's just, I get all of the happy things. I feel like there's just never a bad day doing what I do. So I I feel super lucky. So that's awesome. I love, I love facials. I am a huge facial and peel person. Like, and like, so I haven't been getting anything during COVID Just because, you know, there's like that fear, there's still that anxiety and fear there for me, but it's like something I was, you know, I I usually do routine and now that I haven't been, I'm just like, I can feel my skin feel like aging almost. (laughs) (laughs) So I love, I love estheticians and your magical ways of healing skin because I believe you guys are true skin healers. I've gone in with horrible breakouts and come away. And that's one of the things I definitely want to talk to you about, but it's like, I just feel I come away and I feel like they heal up, you know, at least a week after. I have not had a facial since, oh my goodness, it's probably been like five or six years. Is that, that's horrible. Uh, But every time I see your stories and your Instagram, I'm just like, I've got to get a facial. Well, it's, it's definitely like not bad to go through like a prolonged period of time without a facial. It's certainly a luxury that like some people are easily able to work into their routines and some people aren't. And like our lives are really busy and that's an easy thing to give up sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I definitely, I don't get them anywhere near as, as much as I, I want to. And but every once in a while, man, is it just so nice to like cut that time out of your schedule to have like full, deep relaxation and time for yourself and to just not think about anything and not have to answer to anyone. A hundred percent. I'm one of those really bad one, like bad clients though, because there's, I don't know if you do this, Carolyn, but there's that point in the facial where you're like, you have your stuff on and you're sitting there and then they start massaging your neck and your arms and fingers and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, like every time the, the person will say, okay, relax, relax your neck. Okay, relax. And I, I'm like, I feel relaxed. And they're like, no, you're not. <laughs> okay. So I'm also that person. And I notice it most like when I get uh, manicures. Okay. And one of my best friends uh, did my nails for so long and she would like slap me on the hand. She'd be like, relax. (laughs) But you definitely notice that with certain clients that like during hand and arm massage hold their own, their own arm up. Yes. I guess I do that. Honestly, like I don't even bother saying anything to anyone unless they're like, it's so tight 
and they're so like rigid that I physically can't do what I need to do. <laughs> I but that person. I know like there's a certain point where like I kind of just bend their arm at the elbow and like gently kind of force their arm down. And most people just keep their arm there for the rest of the time. <laughs> and some, some people just lift it back up. And it's just like, if that's the way you're comfortable, you get, you get it. Yeah. <laughs> you do what you need to do. But I'm glad you know what I'm talking about though. Yeah, for sure. Like I definitely see it where sometimes it just takes longer to relax too. Like we're so used to being in such a tense state sometimes that that process of relaxation it like takes a hot minute to get there. And just depending on like when all of those things happen during the service, but like also how comfortable you are during the service for sure. So I mean, there are definitely treatments that are more relaxing than others. Like peels, I wouldn't say are my most relaxing service that I offer. I mean, often they can be quite sensitizing. Yeah. Maybe There's like a lot of steam going sometimes. Like, <laughs> A lot of like cool towels trying to get that itchy feeling to stop. And yeah. like, it's just less time of relaxation, maybe not any facial massage afterwards, depending on the type of peel. So some treatments are just like, you have the ability to relax for a long time and some you just, just you don't know. <laughs> I'm like a super fan of extractions. So those are not relaxing typically, you know, can be a little painful. So maybe that's it. You know, like I always ask for like, can you make sure you do extractions, please? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I kind of just with certain clients, like if I feel congestion underneath your skin, most of the time I am going to work to work to get it out. But sometimes it's just like not right in the moment or it really just depends on like the state of the skin at that time and what treatment you're doing and really like just a client's normal routine sometimes like that can very much affect if I know in advance whether or not I'm even going to get anything out of the skin Mm -hmm. like there's so much a dead skin cell buildup and we can't soften it, you know, soften that skin enough with the steam and with the massage and um, using different types of of mechanical modalities and product. And if we can't soften that skin enough, I can attempt a couple extractions almost as like a test to see if I'm really going to get anything out of the skin. And if I'm going to be actively like really digging at someone's skin, it's like not worth that extra amount of trauma to get yeah. one black out of the out of the face. So, um, depending on the the type of skin the client has and the treatment, it's it's not always right for sure to to do extractions. But most of the time, somebody's got a little something yeah. hiding under there that is so satisfying for me. And I think this is a good time to like kind of jump into like talking about brides and how far out maybe they should start thinking about getting a series of facials um, to get that skin prepped and ready. Because I, I think that that's I mean, if you can afford something like that before your post wedding, you know, a couple weeks out to start getting a series of facials, I think it's definitely a good investment to make sure you have that beautiful glowing skin on wedding day. I 
Totally agree. So ideally that time frame is like six to nine months out. Mm-hmm. Um, I always recommend like earlier rather than later, if that's attainable for the client. Um, that kind of early start on that first initial facial treatment gives us time to develop a really thoughtful treatment plan um, for the client. You know, I, once we've kind of discussed your skin goals and we've done our skin analysis, we're able to leave that treatment with a really clear plan on how to get that client where they want to be with their skin um, and kind of find something that works well. I mean, like you said, it's not always attainable with everybody's budget to see an esthetician monthly leading up to your wedding, but I would definitely still recommend getting in for that initial appointment to work on that treatment plan and figure out what is achievable for you and what's the best and most effective way to get you the results that you want. Because at the end of the day, like I really think about and I can't remember where I I kind of heard it um, relate like this, but I really think about your monthly facial is like your dental cleaning. So you go to the dentist every six months and they're hitting all of the areas that you can't reach Mm. and they're doing all of the things, um, you know, with your teeth that you're not, you're not able to do at home. And that's kind of how I think about that facial, but that's one day out of the month. So all of that other hard work and all of those other results, those are going to happen at home. So that initial treatment, if that's all you can afford to do, do that. And, or if you can only afford two, let's do one well in advance. Let's figure out what that treatment plan is. Let's figure out what works for you and what works within your budget. And let's start there and then that second treatment, let's maybe do that much closer to your wedding so that we can kind of do that nice polish off. Um, And then obviously with COVID, like we're still hot and heavy in it all. But (laughs) like, like you said, Lauren, getting into your esthetician, like, isn't something that's super comfortable for everybody right now. It's not something that's for everybody right now, we can always do like a virtual consult. So obviously there are limitations because I can't like touch your skin and I can't look at it under a magnifying lamp, but we can still initiate that routine. We can still have the same conversations. There are still so many questions that I can ask you to kind of get at the right information that I need to help make those decisions for a treatment plan, there might need to be some more tweaks and changes over time that we might not have if we had done an initial in-person facial first, but it's a really good start to kind of understand like what we're up against. So if, if I've got a client that has relatively intense acne scarring, nothing majorly pitted, not a ton of texture. Maybe it's a little bit of hyperpigmentation after a breakout. Maybe it's a little bit of uneven texture. Maybe they kind of have just a really dull, dry um, appearance to the skin. It might be that for that person, we want to start with this initial treatment. And maybe we want to do a series of peels before the wedding to really get major bang for your buck, if you will, major results within a shorter amount of time. Maybe it's a a trio of um, 
like three months of microdermabrasion. So we can kind of figure out what those things are. Like if your home care is already good, maybe it's then identifying what the right active ingredients are in your skincare. And that's something I do with all of my clients. We are going to, we're going to look and see what's in your skincare because I want you to just have things that are going to do their job. And a lot of times like clients have a really good basis of skincare at home. So it might just be, okay, let's add this one thing in, or let's change a couple of things around with your routine. And then that's not like a total investment in terms of skincare, but maybe it's, I'd love for you to be able to do these three treatments. Can we like work in these three months of microdermabrasion before your wedding, how does that work within your budget? This is the cost associated with it. Let's figure out like if that's what the commitment is versus, you know, some new skincare items or what what have you. But ideally, the earlier, the better allows us to have more time to address those concerns. That's that great. makes so much sense. Yeah. yeah. I want to like bring you all my skincare and you'd be like, overhaul it. <laughs> Same, same. I'm feeling the same way. And after all this COVID, like you said, you felt like you're aging, Lauren. I feel mm-hmm. the same way. Yes. Like my I, skin just feels old. <laughs> I know. I feel, and I've been out in the sun more this summer and I haven't been particularly good with the sun, like sunscreen. I don't yeah. know why. I'm just like not, I'm not a huge sunscreen fan, but, and so I'm just like, especially on my forehead, I'm just feeling the, the effects but the effects of UV damage, yes. you know, sunscreen is like one of those delicate topics for people. Um, I was totally delicate for me. I did full disclosure. I did not wear sunscreen like a minute through aesthetician <laughs> school. I just, no matter how much they ingrained it in our minds that like SPF was the elixir from the gods. Like I just couldn't get there. Yeah. And it wasn't until after I graduated that I just found like the right product that works for me. I feel like that's definitely like it's a texture component. Mm-hmm. It's like an ease component. Like what's the best way to get it that works for you? Which one is yours? Because that's I'm kind of the same way. Uh, I'm technically um, went to school. I'm a registered nurse. And so kind of the same thing. You hear that all the time of, you know, like put your sunscreen on. And um, I am one of those people that I like hardcore just didn't and wouldn't. And then last Last year, I went to Destin um, for my sister-in-law's like bachelorette shindig. I was the only one that put the sunscreen on and I was the one that got like a chemical burn from it. And so I'm like, what the heck? I did what they always said to do. And so after that, um, I actually ended up going to a dermatologist because I got a like weird spot in one of the places that I burnt. And Uh so I was freaked out that now I may have gotten skin cancer from this. And so she recommended one um, and I've been using for my face and it's okay. I don't love it, uh, but I feel like it breaks me out. So I want to know which one is your like holy grail. So I'm a big fan of the brand Supergoop. They have a newer sunscreen um, called Glow Screen. It's an SPF 40. It's really fluid. Um, yeah. I mix it in with my moisturizer or I apply it on top. That's super great. And then my go-to touch-up sunscreen is the Supergoop um, makeup setting spray. Interesting. Oh, I will have to try that. Kula makes one as well. That's a makeup uh, makeup setting spray. That's uh-huh. so easy for touching up during the day. And then, um, if I'm traveling and I'm wearing powder, which I'm not a big powder wearer on my face personally, but right. um, the skincare line that I use in my shop is um, a really amazing small batch skincare brand based in LA, and they make a 
translucent powder infused with sunscreen that like pumps through a brush and you can just like brush it on your face. Stop it. I just need to come and have you like set me all up. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like, I'm just a firm believer in if you're going to use something like it has to work for you, like it has to be convenient. And it sometimes that's a little bit of trial and error trying to find like what's most convenient in your routine. But that's generally what I ask people. I'm like, okay, well, how is this? How are you actually going to use this? Because if it's something that like, you know, you need to wear 15 minutes twice a week and you don't have time for that, like you're never going to touch that product and it's just going to waste away on your shelf. Right. So because our, our products don't last forever. So it's like, and once it's opened, you are subject to the expiration date on the back of the package. So it's like, if you open it and use it once, and then two years later, you remember you have it, it's probably dead and gone by then. <laughs> that is so me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I don't want people, like, skincare is expensive. It is. It really is. And, um, you know, you're paying for all these really yummy, like, ingredients in your skincare for the most part. Um, some products don't have really yummy ingredients, but it's like, I just don't want people to waste those. I think just, I have wasted so much skincare just because I like black out at Sephora and I just want to know everything and anything that is new. And I just want it. And I had this like massive, skincare cupboard like I didn't touch half of these products I'm like what a waste of money mm, yes like thanks for getting me to VIB Rouge but I know. Also, <laughs> yes what else are you good for so, yeah. so sunscreen's one of those things that like wastes away on the shelf for, for me sure. especially <laughs> Okay, so I want to go back and talk more about like bridal skincare. And I really want to talk about because I, I was a bride, I have personal experience with this. I so I, I did a series of facials and then um, before my wedding. And so I, I kind of got close to my esthetician, we were on friendly terms by, you know, by the almost my wedding. And so she was like, Okay, if you get a breakout, before the wedding, come back and I'll use this thing on you. And it was like a zapping glass. High frequency. Yeah, high yeah. frequency electrode thing. And it zapped and it felt like, and this is what I'll say until my dying day, like it felt like hot seat belt buckles touching my face, like zap, 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 you know. But it worked. Like it would dry up those the little, you know, that had come to a head and it would just dry them up so fast. Um, so do you have anything like that in your repertoire that you're like, you can fix like a fast crisis breakout two days before a wedding? So I do, um, high frequency is a really good option for that. Definitely shouldn't always feel like a hot seat. Maybe a little bit prickly, but, um, that's super effective for reducing the life cycle of a breakout. But generally what I, what I recommend with my like regular facial clients who I know the cycle of their breakouts, we generally like if, if we know that they break out one week after their facial, always, mm-hmm. we're going to plan for that when we're planning scheduling for their last facial before their wedding, because we want to know that like that whole, that whole cycle is going to be over by the time 
that the wedding comes around. But I'm like, if you get like one big papa that's coming up, like we can either hit it with the high frequency or I've got like a couple of things at home that I'm just like ride or die for. So one thing that is so good to have on hand, and this is definitely for me, like total product of like Instagram influencing um, and like all of my sponsored posts, but the freaking zit sticker. Oh. The, the brand is Zitstica and the specific patch is called the Killa. And the it's blemish patches have been around for a hot minute. I feel like they came out when I was in college and like they're kind of cool because you can just like stick the patch on your pimple and the next morning you wake up and it's better. But these specific ones, um, they have, they call them like micro darts. They look like tiny little points, um, but they target the blemish at its core and that it helps drastically reduce its life cycle because it's really like targeting that center, like life force, if you will, of your blemish <laughs> with all of these really amazing active ingredients. And um, it's good on those kind of stubborn stubborn blemishes that haven't yet come to a head. So different than kind of like the drugstore ones that you're familiar with seeing. And those are really good too. I just find that they work a little bit better if it's, if it's come to a head, it's almost like that busts the head up overnight, but these zit sticker ones have like salicylic acid, which is a chemical exfoliant that helps reduce your breakouts and remove excess oil. It has niacinamide, which is um, actually a vitamin B3. And it's like super reparative and soothing for the skin. And it helps improve like our overall protective um, skin barrier. And it has hyaluronic acid, which helps enhance our skin's moisture. It literally draws moisture into the skin and holds onto it. It can hold a thousand times its weight in water. All three of those ingredients are like gold standard ingredients for blemishes, for soothing the skin. And this just kind of like helps take away the inflammation. And a lot of times with more cystic kind of underground, really painful, big blemishes, like what you really need to treat fast is the inflammation because that's what's part of the reason it's hurting so bad and that it's got so much texture to it is because that's, it's really inflamed in there. So something like this, I like always have these on hand now because they're great. They're so great. And, um, I mean, I like can't stop myself on the Instagram sponsored posts, like buying the stuff sponsored posts, but that was like, it was really good. And I looked up the ingredients before I bought it, um, just to make sure that it was like worth the hype and I like it. And then outside of that, like spot treatments, you know, like a good old spot treatment. Um, I like a spot treatment that has benzoyl peroxide. Um, if it has benzoyl peroxide in combination with salicylic acid, that's a really yummy combo. Um, I've got the little zit stick from Glossier. It's nothing like revolutionary in terms of ingredients, but it's got a 5% benzoyl peroxide. It's got a form of salicylic acid in it, and it's got some tea tree oil, which some people are really for the essential oils. Some people are really against it, but tea tree oil is super antibacterial, um, helps kind of keep everything a little bit 
cleaner, more safe. Benzoyl peroxide, super antibacterial. So something like that's good. And then if you truly have nothing, you're like, it's the morning of, I have nothing on me. Freeze a green tea bag or take a piece of ice like, and just hold it there. If anything, it will help minimize some of the inflammation and some of the redness. But cold is vasco-constricting, so it helps reduce redness right away. Um, we know from even just like when you're little kids and you like hurt your ankle or whatever and your ankle swollen and your doctor tells you to put ice on it, it's going to help reduce the inflammation. So you can kind of use that same mentality with your skin. Ice cube, maybe don't put it directly on the skin, kind of wrap it in a towel. That cold water and that temperature will help reduce some of the inflammation and redness. And then if you freeze a green tea bag, green tea has really strong antioxidant properties to it, which is one of the reasons why it's like so good for us to ingest. But when you freeze that tea bag, like get it a little bit wet, freeze the tea bag, you're kind of like killing two birds with one stone. Green tea is super anti-inflammatory. The cold temperature is super anti-inflammatory. And both of those things will also help reduce the redness. So that's like a good in a pinch, typically a hotel, like if you're staying in a hotel overnight, typically a hotel is going to have like a green tea bag that somebody can bring up to your room and you could throw it in a, you know, throw it in like a bucket of ice for a couple of minutes or whatever. But something like that definitely would work in a pinch. These are such good like, tips. Yes, I feel like that's gold right there. Quality content, everybody. Yes. <laughs> if you walk away with nothing else, remember that. <laughs> so you've given us top kind of like ways to manage a crisis, a breakout before a wedding, day of wedding. What are some of your top tips for best skin for the wedding day? Assuming that maybe they've been able to come in and get like one to two facials, but like leading up to what, what kind of maybe quality skincare products could they add into their routine or I don't know, you take it from there. Okay. So my first tip would be, and this would definitely couple well off of um, they've come in for a couple of facials or maybe they've just had that kind of initial, that initial treatment, but a consistent skincare regimen. This is literally where you are going to get so much help is a consistent skincare regimen. Routines, your skincare routine, it doesn't have to be complex, but you have to do it. Mm-hmm. for it to work. So it doesn't need to be complicated, but it needs to be consistent. And that's going to give you like so much more than you would just think. And when you kind of identify those right active ingredients for your skin, it's going to happen faster and better. But no matter what, like at the end of the day, like no matter what is in your skincare, if you don't actually use it, it's not going to do anything. So um, a couple ingredients that like best skin in just in terms of like health of our skin. Well, I'll, I'll backtrack a second. Not necessarily best ingredients, but like best practice. What I tell my clients is when a client comes in for the first time, like my biggest question is like, do they have a basic skincare routine? Your basic skincare routine 
this maybe isn't the most stripped down version of a basic skincare routine, but I really like for my clients to have four things. Got to wash your face. It doesn't have to be day and night. That is so dependent on like what your life is like and what your day is like. And most importantly, what your, what your skin is like, what is your skin type? Um, so you cleanse your skin. Exfoliation is so essential. Um, it's something we should all be doing two to three times a week, depending on what type of product you use. Um, we should be hydrating our skin daily and we should be wearing sunscreen. Those are like the four basic things. Really. If you have these things, you have, in theory, really healthy skin. And that's because you are keeping your skin clean. You are helping your cells turn over. That's a natural process that happens in our skin, but it slows down as we age. So by encouraging those dead skin cell layers to shed a little bit more rapidly, we're allowing new fresh skin to be exposed, which means we're helping, um, even out our complexion, we're helping with a more bright, radiant complexion, um, depending on the type of exfoliating ingredient you're using. You might be um, helping to increase your collagen and elastin synthesis. You might be helping hyperpigmentation. Um, you might be decongesting the skin because congestion can get trapped under these layers of dead skin. But that those two pieces alone are going to give you a lot, right? So our skin's clean. Our cells are turning over. We're keeping our skin um, replenished of moisture and hydration. That's essential in just keeping our skin happy and balanced. And we're protecting our skin from the sun's damaging rays. So those four things are awesome, even a, a consistent skincare routine with those four things can make a lot of change in your skin. Um, but identifying like more actives, a lot of my clients, um, I really recommend probably like a vitamin C. Vitamin C serum is like one of my favorite things. Just vitamin C is one of the strongest antioxidants that you can absorb into your skin. And it is strong and powerful. Antioxidants help uh, repair the skin of past damage. They help protect against future damage. They literally bust up free radicals. They help our skin look bright and radiant. They help our skin really glow, even clear skin tone. They help our Again, our collagen and elastin synthesis, so they help our skin produce more of that collagen and elastin. Um, and it just, it's so essential for like really good skin health. And it's its one thing that I very much recommend to almost all of my clients. I really like retinols. Um, people are going to have strong opinions on retinol. Um, retinol is really mainly comprised of high concentrations of vitamin A, which is another one of the strongest antioxidants for our skin. Um, it can be transformative for people. It can really help with your breakouts. It is definitely like a powerhouse. So even just adding in into our, we've got our basic routine, right? We've got our four things, even just adding a vitamin C in the morning and a retinol in the evening. And that retinol doesn't even have to be every day. It could be a couple of times a week. There, you've got a skincare routine that's active, 
that's keeping your skin healthy, that is keeping everything kind of replenished and happy and turning over fast. So once we get our skin to turn over more regularly, um, maybe on a shorter timeline than what our body is doing naturally, we're seeing change initiate in our skin faster. So those things, amazing. Like that consistent skincare regimen is really like my top tip is get on something, stick to it. And that's where you're really going to see major results. And then like hydrate. It's something we're told all the time, like drink your water, drink your water, drink your water. It's so good for your skin. It's so good for your complexion. You want to look like radiant and dewy and you want your face to look juicy and like succulent, drink your water. It's like there's nothing worse than dehydrated skin that's like crepey and has literally like no luster to it at all. It just... Hydrate your skin. Yes, I dehydrate your juicy skin. skin. <laughs> we want juicy skin. So those are like my top two tips. And like, chug a bottle of water before you go to bed. Chug a bottle of water when you wake up in the morning. And like, if you have a little bit of a little bit too much champagne the night before, maybe drink like a liquid IV, yeah, or a light or whatever. Like, multiply the hydration in your body. <laughs> and just and like, it's like a miracle. You know, it is crazy just what water can do. So I'm, I have my water with me right now. I'm the guilt. I'm guilty. I don't have my water. I never do. I'm so <laughs> bad about drinking water. Hey, we got to start somewhere. I know. I'm like, I, I'm going to go back and listen to this episode and I'm going to be like writing my notes. Like, okay, I need yes. to wash my face, hydrate, <laughs> exfoliate. Yes. Well, I think it's very clear. I have determined that sometime between now and my 32nd birthday, which is in December, I am coming to you for a facial and to get my skincare like fine tune. Cause yes, yes. I love it. I love I'm doing it. it. Okay. So I'm going to kind of switch up gears then. We've been talking a lot about skincare. Um, and now I want to lead into the next big thing that especially brides on their wedding day, I think they probably think about it first before they even think about skincare. Maybe not. Maybe that was just me because I was that girl that was all over YouTube and watching the beauty gurus and like you going into Sephora and just I don't even know what happened. I just left with bags full. So uh, as far as makeup trends, uh, you know, I, you can go on YouTube and Google, Oh, you know, what are the makeup trends? And usually you hear that it's, you know, the natural look, but then you will have the random waves come through. So right now in 2020 going into 2021, like, do you see any makeup trends happening? So, if we're specifically talking about like wedding yes. makeup, yeah, let's pick sure. a wedding for sure. Um, this is kind of hard. So, in terms of like overall makeup, I mean, really, I'm happy to see it going to like a more natural um, place that's a little bit less corrective. I think there were many a years where like really extreme contouring was <laughs> at the forefront. Yeah. And um, like really intense highlighting and, and really causing these massive like contrasts in the face. And, and there's obviously always time to like turn, you know, play around um, with the things that we use for our makeup and makeup's fun to play with. And it's definitely something that like, in terms of overall, 
overall makeup trends, I don't even like pay attention to them as much. Yeah. Because I you're just think as, well, as new products come out, you're going to experiment with those things. You know what I mean? Or if you're on YouTube, you're going to see like the new products that are coming out and people are playing with these certain colors a lot. And like, these are all the new colors coming out. Like it's inherently going to like slap you in the face yeah. with just day-to-day beauty in terms of like wedding makeup. I definitely hesitate to incorporate trends, not necessarily incorporate, but I hesitate to rely mm-hmm. on trends in, in bridal makeup. Um, it, it's I, hard I because when you develop a look for a bride, it's going to be something that's so personal. And generally the types of clients that gravitate towards me or enjoy my work are people that really want to look like themselves and they want to feel comfortable in their own skin. And I think that's really important. Um, So I'm not necessarily like looking to trends to figure out like, okay, this next bridal season, I'm going to be doing X, Y, and Z, but I definitely (laughs) like pull inspiration um, from Bridal Runway for like more editorial work and styled content. But there's definitely like a way that becomes more relatable for kind of the everyday bride. So yeah. my work itself is really like a more kind of clean, simple beauty aesthetic. Um, so in 2020, in in the bridal industry, you saw a lot of really soft kind of neutral looks that focused more on like really healthy, radiant skin. There were a lot of kind of like rosy monochromatic looks. Um, you saw a lot more like kind of rich berry lips, which I'm all about a statement lip. Like all of those things are definitely already in my wheelhouse. Um, right. So, and those are, those are kind of places where you can experiment a little bit with color. Yeah. Yeah. And play maybe a little bit with color in a way that's very relatable to a client. Um, and then for 2021, definitely hard with COVID because I, I guess I personally, I look more to runway when it comes to, to trend, because for me, again, trend really inspires my, like my editorial work and, um, kind of allows you to see the really fun side of things that like you might see it in a magazine, but no bride is ever going to ask for that. Like that's just like the artist <laughs> side of me. That's like, nobody's going to want like pearls glued to their eyelids. You know yeah, what right. I mean? Like, yes. everything. So for me, like 2021 is kind of difficult because not all of bridal fashion week happened when it was supposed to. Um, There are a lot of designers that showed virtual. Some are just like releasing collections without ever really showing. Um, Some are going to be releasing collections in the future or closer to bridal market. Um, But from the beauty looks I saw, it looks as though like 2021 bridal beauty will kind of be met with like the same type of minimalistic, like feminine looks of this year. So that's definitely how I would describe 2020 bridal makeup is really kind of minimal and simple and clean, but super romantic and really feminine. And those are the types of trends that like definitely translate well into the work I create with my clients. Um, 
So it's like in your personal life, just play with whatever you want to play with. Yeah. I mean, not like I never really understood the wavy brow trend. Oh gosh, no. <laughs> like no. A scary Instagram trend. And like also imagine how much time that would take. Just oh, too much. I still see fluffy like fluffy brows, you know. I love like, a fluffy brow. I think they like that's still in, but the wavy thing was just so so no. Yeah. I think there are extremes with the fluffy brow trend. Like some are too fluffy. Mm-hmm. Um, but like definitely with this is where you also see like beauty treatments um, that are starting to kind of like influence trends a bit or more a, a beauty trend influenced a beauty treatment, but like brow lamination. What yeah. is that? So it's basically like a a lift and tint, like a lash lift and tint, but like for your eyebrows. Oh, it's like a brow perm, and it really oh it kind of started more um, to be more popular in the UK, and it's kind of like you're just now starting to see um, companies. In the U.S., like a lot of local companies starting to offer brow lamination. It's become super popular in Oklahoma City. Um, So it's essentially like you are using a developer on the eyebrows to get them to kind of like stick up like a soap brow would be. Wow. And what's super cool about it is that it allows you, like when you brush the brow hairs up like that, it allows you to see a totally different shape of your eyebrow. Like these people that think that they have no eyebrows whatsoever, you get a brow lamination and like you have a full brow. So that's what's really cool about it. And they uh, apparently last for, um, Yep, a pretty decent amount of time. I'm super interested in going to get one myself just because I'm like all about a just an easy soap brow because I have yeah. kind of just like this weird scraggle brow from like <laughs> all of these years in college, like getting over waxed with my sorority. Um, uh, they were building our house and we had this like temporary space. It was like a loft and it was right next to this nail salon. And in an attempt for them to g- gather more business, they offered free brow waxing for our entire sorority. <laughs> we were right next door. And then that's where everybody started to get their nails done. Oh my gosh. Like I look back on pictures. I had like a line of hair. Yes. And, like yes. things are always going to fluctuate, but like I'm so much happier that like, a fuller brow Me too. is still good. That's a lot of what grows on our face. Right. So we can never go back to any brows again. I just can't. No. <laughs> brows are hard. Well, and it's like we're all living proof that like it's hard to come back from a skinny brow. Yes. That's what I was just going to say. Like, I'm really glad that this, this, like, I don't know if you want to call it a trend, but that this acceptance of fuller brows is here. Yes. But I'm like, why couldn't it have been here like 10 years ago? Right. <laughs> and like, now you see more with like the, I call it the Bella Hadid effect, but like the cat eye. Yeah. Like the, the lifted, just the tail of the brow. Um, so you're seeing people actually like shaving off or waxing off the tail of their eyebrows and redrawing in their eyebrows with a lifted effect in the effort to get like the same look. And 
that to me, I don't get just because like, those are deep rooted hairs. Yeah. Like, you start yeah. to get into like that real, like fluffy tail of your brow. I mean, I like cry waxing my own eyebrows. Oh, me too. I'm, a, oh, no. I'm like a dainty flower when it, comes, <laughs> when it comes to waxing my eyebrows. So like I'm all I don't even wax. I mean, I tweeze still. Same. And I'm just like, it's like, so I'm like, I'm inflicting torture on myself. And they like my yeah. eyes water, my nose starts running. I'm like, I don't have COVID. I just tweeze. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like red forever afterwards. Yeah. But I mean... I'm really like something like a, a major fluffy brow. That's also not something that I'm generally translating into bridal makeup. Right, I mean, right. I use, I, I do brush the brow hairs up. I always have. Um, and that's just like essentially brushing your brush, your brow hairs up and out is the proper way to brush your eyebrows. Hmm. Okay. I just not learned that, something. I, I, I really like hate using like, it's the proper way, but like that's, I, that's what we're taught, like when we learn how to shape brows, right? No, brush fingers up and out because that's technically how they're growing. Tomorrow, when I do my makeup, I'm going to do that to my brows. Right, <laughs> <laughs> and like I'm all about the soap brow. I mean, spray yes. a little bit of setting spray like into your into like a like a glycerin soap, like a clear glycerin soap, mm-hmm. and like get it a little sudsy and brush it through. It's like the best brow gel that exists. Oh. And then if you do that first and you get your eyebrows kind of set in a good spot to where they're looking full, you have to fill in less. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Because then I, you can truly see how much more full certain areas are. Right. Right. It makes sense. I did it once or twice, a, like a few years ago, and I just never rebought the soap, but I need to yeah. because you're right. It was really good. It's super fun. I buy like bulk soap off Amazon and like these little tin containers because I feel like I always end up giving them to people on set, like either giving them to a model or like (laughs) giving them to a client. And like here's your soap. soap. (laughs) And I'm like cutting up bars of soap for a living now. Like every time I read Every time I get my kit ready to go back out, I'm like, I gotta go cut more soap. (laughs) It it works so well for setting the brow hairs in place. And like, I would so much prefer to like keep that in my kit than a brow gel. Right. I never thought of buying it on Amazon. That's brilliant. Yeah. Pears, the Pears brand soap. Like you can get like a 12 pack for like $6. Love it. Yes. Just cut up all the soap. Yes. I'll let you keep handing it out though. Perfect. Well, you know what? When you come in for your facial, I'll have a soap for you. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> um, no, so I really do love how you like kind of tackled that whole trend thing because I, it's been now uh, 2014. So six years since Josh and I got married. And I know Lauren, it's been a little bit longer for you and Steven, but back then even I feel like I did the smoky eye. Like I feel like we really did play to trends back then, at least when I got married and um, looking back at my pictures, I'm like, why did I do that? And so I really love that. It's all gone towards more of that minimalist, uh, just natural skin look like you, um, but just the best you. And uh, so I'm really excited that you are saying that that's kind of where our trends are staying, like, especially in the wedding world. Cause you hit on like the heavy contour and all of that. And I know both Lauren and I can say like, in pictures, even like, even in person, like 
a, a lot of times it might look okay in person, but then on pictures, it looks totally different. Mm-hmm. So much texture. Yeah. And you've got to be really sensitive to that. And like, there's, there's a lot of stuff that photography like inherently like blurs out, you know, yeah. a flash is going to like soften a lot of things or it's right. going to make a lot of things stand out. And it's just, you know, sometimes it's like way too much product on the face and things are just too heavy and you don't like need that. Right. And now if you want that and that's what makes you feel comfortable, let's do it. Let's figure out a way that makes you feel most comfortable because that's like, that's incredibly important to me as an artist to like, make sure that my clients have what they have, what they want and and are as comfortable as they can be. But like, I also want to make sure that like, if you're in a heavy mask of makeup, like we got to make it last. Right. I think you like hit on that point too, of like, if that's what you want, like if that's some, if they wear a lot of makeup on a normal everyday basis, people are used to seeing them with a full face of makeup glammed out on their wedding day. That's going to be normal. But, you know, looking back at me, I did not wear a smoky cat eye every day of my life. Like that was not normal at all. So I think that's a big thing. Yeah. I totally get that. So, on the topic of makeup, though, staying there for just a little bit more, um, what would you tell brides like to definitely avoid? Like when you're thinking about your wedding day makeup and how you are going to look when your special someone sees you for the first time and when you think back to your pictures and all that, like what would you think or what would you say that they should be really avoiding or like their, or what would be your top tip with makeup in regards to the wedding day? So... Top tip with makeup, for sure, like, definitely don't skip your wedding trial (laughs) with your makeup artist, for sure. Or if you're doing your makeup yourself, don't skip a trial with yourself. So, like, your wedding day is just kind of not one of those days to experiment. Mm -hmm. Um, So, if you're trying new products, um, do it in advance, (laughs) And test it out. I mean, because if you have an allergic reaction to something, like if you've never worn false eyelashes for the first time and you decide you want to wear them and you're allergic to lash glue, I mean, just like, I I don't think you have to always stay in your comfort zone, but if you're going to go out of your comfort zone, comfort zone, make sure you're still comfortable. Right. So make sure when you look in the mirror, you still think that you're pretty and you, you, you want to be seen that way and you like, you feel beautiful and like, you're not worried about what your fiance is going to like think or say when you're walking down the aisle, because there are times, like times I hear from brides all the time, like, Oh, you know, I played with a red lip for the first time. My fiance really hated it. Like you do you like, that's not like the way you do your makeup is not about anybody else. But like, if, you decide you don't like it or you're, you like walk down the aisle and he's at the other end. Like, Oh yeah. I mean, you got to play with those things in advance and like, make sure you take photos with flash and make sure you wear it for a long time. And like, make sure you can shed a few tears without things falling apart. Yes. That's you a good know? And, like, yeah. Definitely don't, don't do your makeup for your wedding day or have your makeup done for your wedding day kind of sight unseen. Right. No, that makes Uh, total sense. Definitely like speak up for yourself. I mean, if you really don't like something like speak up for yourself. So if you have your makeup done and you decide like, 
you hate it and you don't feel comfortable, ask them to redo it. Like, don't be in a position where you're like, oh, it'll be okay. And then you hate your wedding photos because you hate the way that you look. And like, that's what you think about forever. Like, those are things that you have to think about. Yeah. I know. I think that's huge though. And like, you just gave that permission, like brides listening to this, know it's okay to say you don't like it. Cause I think in wedding planning, like depending on who all's involved in the wedding planning process, like it's very easy, I think for brides, even grooms to kind of fall in that place of like, just wanting to make everyone happy and make sure everyone's getting like their vision out of this, even though like we want to remember like, who is this about? Why are we doing all of this? And so, yeah, that permission there is awesome. Yeah. And you just don't want to like have to think about like the silly things. Like at the end of the day, you don't want to be like that. It's we're all going to fixate on like that one thing that nobody else notices, you know? Yeah. Like I hated my lipstick color and I look in these photos and this is all I can see. (laughs) And like how silly that like, that's what you think of. It's not like, oh my gosh, like this, I can't. I can't even describe like the butterflies that I felt like walking down the aisle to see my husband for the first time. Like you don't want to think about your lipstick. Yeah. It's not about your lipstick. And like, I tell my clients all the time, if you don't tell me that you don't like something, I don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you can't, you can't read some clients. I mean, and you could decide five hours down the line that like you actually, you don't like the way that you look. Okay. Like, let's fix it. Yeah. And I just, I, I'd like to have that approach with people because it's, it's not my face. Yeah. It's not my <laughs> wedding day. Like I'm providing the service to you, like get what you want. Yeah. So I just always make sure that like my clients know that, that y- you can speak up for something like you're not going to hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want anybody to like ever try to shield me from something because they don't want to hurt my feelings. And like, it's your day. Right. right. And I feel like makeup is just one of those things where it's super personal. It is. Yeah. And you just, you really do need to put it under the test. Like don't try a new sunscreen on the day of your wedding. You should probably avoid sunscreen on the day of your wedding as bad as that sounds. Like a lot of sunscreens can give you flashback. Yes. Yeah. And um, like you see it with a lot of um, translucent setting powders as well, like especially setting powders that have a really heavy talc content. Mm. Talc is like a notorious ingredient for for causing flashback in photos. And like that really we've all seen it in our friends photos or our own photos. You know, you're at the bar and somebody takes the photo with fresh (laughs) because you're in a dark room and you've got those white little raccoon eyes. Right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And just like to play with those things, you know, try to figure yeah. out what those things are. But um, even just in thinking like what to avoid, I-, I think so much always just in terms of comfort, because that's when we're comfortable, like we're in a really neutral place. Yeah. You know, we're not in a vulnerable place. We are not focused on something we don't want to be focused on. We're just like happy and that's how it should be. And, um, well, I just com- think confidence comes with that. You yeah. know, if you're comfortable, you're going to be confident. Right. And like, it's just, I just don't want, I never want my clients to like walk into that day and be like, oh, I'm so nervous about how this yeah. is going to go. 
Like we should have, we should have worked all of those things out. In the- <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I have like retrial brides like six times just to try to figure it out. And like, that's, that's on me. Like I figure that out. I'm not going to charge you six times for six trials just so you can figure it out, like figure out what looks best to you. And like, there are certain words that are just so relative, like mm-hmm. natural, that means something so different to everybody. And, right. um, I, I had, a bride once that we ended up doing so many trials. She had never worn makeup a day in her life. And like, basically we got down to the wedding day and like, she really only wanted like one coat of mascara, like a little bit of blush, not even really a foundation. And like, yeah. Wow. Like a tinted lip balm. That's very minimal. It's very minimal. That right there is. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes like, sometimes like my vision of like what natural is, is going to be very different from what your vision of natural is. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And I mean, I, I didn't even really think about that. You have, you know, brides like you just mentioned that don't even wear makeup to the whole other end of the spectrum that they are decked out in makeup. So yeah, it's words can mean a lot of things. Yeah. And it just can be uncomfortable. Definitely avoid getting any sort of like new beauty treatment. For sure. Like right before, like definitely give it a month. Like try not to get your spray, like try to do like a trial when it comes to a spray tan. That kind of comes down to like, don't experiment too much or like do your trials. You know, like if you're going to decide you want to dermaplane and get a chemical peel at the same time, right before your wedding, like maybe let's do it two months in advance and figure out how it goes the first time. Um, because I, I had that done, um, not too long ago. I, I went to Florida to go like pick up the pieces of my wedding and um, <laughs> an, oh. an I go to, um, her name is Monica. She's really great. She's aesthetics with Monica on Instagram and she did a dermaplane and chemical peel. It was like the most incredible thing I've ever had done in my life. Oh, um, my face was like, a fresh baby. Was it like glowing? I'm it was like glowing to a degree that you just never would have imagined. Like I didn't even know skin could feel like that. You're like highlighters got nothing on this. I'm oh, I'm oh so hairy that I want a dermaplane so bad because I just feel like like you know when you have like those little baby hairs on your face, it just kind of dulls your skin down. It like grabs onto makeup a yes. little bit. But I did like two weeks after I broke out a little bit, like on the sides mm. of my face, like places I never break out. And I'm like, okay, right. like we noted, like I could do this treatment like two days before, three days before my wedding and be totally fine. Right. That's good to know. So it's just don't, don't necessarily try like new beauty treatments right beforehand. Um, I like, it all kind of in my mind just like comes down to like, try to avoid experimentation. Don't try a new face mask the night before. It's like, that sounds great. Like only use things, you know, because what if you end up with hives? Yeah. Not the time for it. No. And that's just like me personally, like that, that's the stuff that would happen to me. Me too. Yeah. So I have protection of others. I just, and I know I will do that. Like I will, I'm sure I will get some sort of like new beauty treatment right before my wedding. And like, I'll wake up with a face full of cystic blemishes and I'll oh, have no. run out of cystic stickers. <laughs> 
Like, that's just my luck and my life. So I like to tell people it's better to be safe than sorry. Yes. Yeah. No, for sure. I love that advice. I think that is solid. Um, so where can brides find you, get a hold of you, share all your handles, all, all the info. So my Instagram is at Carolyn F beauty. That's, I'd say probably like where most people contact me. Um, you can book appointments through my Instagram. You can message me, uh, again, I'm like on stories all the time. And we talked about this, but like, I love talking to people on stories or if I'm lives, whatever, like I've had full conversations with just like one person. I like really enjoy like engaging with people and I'm very much an open book. So, um, you can call me, you can shoot me an email or whatever works best for you. Um, you can also like brides can put in requests through my website, which is carolynfbeauty.com. And I think that's kind of it. I tried to make it like pretty simple and just make everything basically my name. No, that's and then word beauty. <laughs> that's, that's smart. That way, no one gets confused. People know how to find you. It's no, that's smart. Yeah. So, I mean, outside of that, I'm not really on like a ton of other social media. I do have a Facebook page. Um, you can just search Carolyn F Beauty, but I don't think it has any sort of like special um, URL or anything. I'm on Pinterest. If you need a little good like makeup inspiration Ooh, for yeah. some like very minimal editorial, more, more or less type of things. Um, or you're currently planning yes. a wedding and you want to know what my wedding will be like, <laughs> check out my at F Beauty. We have to throw in before we like wrap this up though, where are you getting married at? Share I am getting married in Naples, Florida, which is where I'm from. And, um, my dad felt it was like very important for uh, us to get married where the bride's family was from. Oh, yes. So, <laughs> We're getting married in my hometown, which I'm so, I'm so excited about. And uh, my fiance, Jared's family is super excited about. So it'll just be nice. We're getting married on December 30th, which is smack dab in the middle of the week. It's a Wednesday. Um, we've got a Yes, it's kind of nice. It it's super fun to get married midweek. And um, we are actually bringing an Oklahoma photographer out with us. Ooh, and yes. it'll just be like a good week with our friends and our family. We just had to change our wedding venue. So that was a little bit hectic, but it's going to be so great. So we're getting married at a, a historic hotel in Naples. Like I say historic, I mean, it's like, it's just like a well-known landmark in the city. And um, it's right on the Gulf of Mexico, which is like not what we had initially planned for, but it's going to be so beautiful and so easy and they can make it totally COVID friendly for us. So as far as we know now, we're getting married on a Wednesday in December. <laughs> yes, I'm going to go yes. to the Dominican Republic. That's, good. For a uh, that's so awesome. I cannot wait to live through your stories or you may not be storing quite as much, but I will be living vicariously through your Instagram and what, whatever is shared. Cause I'm excited to see this yes. wedding. Honestly, I've really, I've been thinking a lot about it because I'm like, I am going to be gone from my shop for like three weeks or something because it's like right after Christmas. So I'll be, I'll be closed a couple days before Christmas and like just my end of year tax stuff and all of that, like inventory, I close up and then I won't come back until like mid January. So awesome. 
I, I've been thinking about um, maybe I don't think I'm going to go like Instagram live on my wedding day, but do maybe do a little like a little pre-wedding skincare maybe. Oh my goodness. That would be so fun. That would be awesome. A little post-cocktail mask after my rehearsal dinner. You never know. Yes. I love it. Honestly, I tend to just like hop on there and I can like talk all day. So um, it is never, never a problem for me. But (laughs) I just like sit there with my computer and I like, like typically in like a super homeless getup, especially during COVID. (laughs) And I just sit there and like talk to my computer and like put on my make my makeup and my skincare in the mornings. I've got to get back doing that. Maybe I'll do that tomorrow morning. I'm going to be looking for it now. Yeah, me too. (laughs) It might be super early. So I got an early start tomorrow, but it lets you replay, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. For some reason, I literally did not hear. (laughs) No, it's okay. Um, But yeah, it'll let you replay. I think it should be like on there for 24 hours. I like went through I go through this like tizzy every once in a while with my Instagram and I'm like, everything needs to look perfect. And so one time in one of the spells, I like deleted all my highlights. Oh no. Every single one. I deleted them all. And I was like, I've got to start fresh. So I, I think I need to, to put them on stories, but when I do stories, they end up pretty long. Really prepare yourselves for if I'm talking on stories, you're going to be there for a while. You'll be there for a while. <laughs> have you ever thought of starting a YouTube channel? You know, I have, but like, I'm just too terrified of it. What's funny is what? one, of, one of the ways that I like learned to do makeup, because I'm, I'm self-taught, um, was YouTube. I was 13 years old when YouTube started. Yeah. And like just waves of people like sharing what they knew on YouTube. And it was so awesome for me. And I, I still, to this day, like I watch so much YouTube. Me too. And just, it's like what relaxes me. I get a little bit of time and I just like geek out over people's YouTubes. And I don't know, for some reason, I just, I'm so much more comfortable doing an IGTV. And I think it like forces me to be more concise and like YouTube, you can make those real long. (laughs) it gives you a little bit of a time limit my goal this weekend though is to start getting into reels I want to do it it sounds fun to me reels I feel like I'm so out of touch I don't know what reels are oh I'm sure it's like it's like like TikTok TikTok. okay yeah but the Instagram version I just like those short little videos I don't know how people do them though um there are so many tutorials. I thought about it, so I watched a few, but I I never did one. But already you know, so I many just, tutorials. I'm gonna have to I look sat that in my living room for like two hours yesterday trying to figure out how to make a reel. And I like watched I like watched a tutorial and I looked at like I looked at this written out tutorial and I was going step by step. And I, I couldn't figure it out to save my life. And I also don't have the music function. This is literally what's been bothering me the past two days. I don't have the music function on my business Instagram. I did not have it for the longest time. And I finally just have now had it like consistently stay. Yeah. And, and it's hard. And they say like, if you switch to a creator profile, you'll get music. But I tried that and that didn't work. And like you lose some functionality. 
Um, That's and, so annoying. Yeah. And so like, I now have to figure out TikTok because then I'm like, if I just do it on TikTok and then I just copy it over to real, it should be easy. And then I could have the music, but I'm just not the most tech savvy these days. <laughs> and I like the little, uh, the skincare routines on reels yeah. and TikTok. Yeah. I think those are fun to watch. They and you know, so I'm, that that might be coming in soon. And I'm sorry if you hear my chair squeaking. I um, my fiance does uh, public address announcing, and he also does podcasts. And oh, I, love it. I have like a really official set of headphones on, and I can't hear anything I say or no, anything okay. around it. And I'm like swiveling around on my chair back and forth, and then I just realized that it makes the most god awful squeaking noise. So I'm really <laughs> I can't hear it. I can't hear yeah. it all, and there's a chance you could hear my kids in the background, so it's all good. Something I kind of glossed over at the beginning was the, one of the reasons we're having Carolyn on the podcast is because she is oh. doing makeup for our workshop, which is right now, a week from today, and yes. she's going to be doing the, the makeup there, so you'll... We're going to repost everybody's pictures on our Instagram. So if you're following us there, you'll get to see lots of Carolyn's work because I'm sure there's, a you know, several attendees and ourselves and we'll all take so many pictures and you're going to have yes. like a million tags. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited so to see everybody's photos. I'm, I'm just so excited to be involved. Yes, I'm really excited. And I want to throw in there, we have videographers coming too. So yeah. not even just photos, it's going to be videos that, yeah. So I'm really excited. I'm so excited to have you, Carolyn. Because so your work is beautiful. Yes, your work Thank is beautiful. You. So we well, are really I'm excited. excited to be working with you guys as well, because I like to die over your Instagram. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> you're so sweet. But well, we will wrap this up then. Um, and uh We'll see everyone, I guess, on the next episode. Yay. Bye, guys. Thank you, Carolyn. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Carolyn. Have a good night.